Hello, intrepid listeners. This is the Generation Playlist Podcast, a podcast about music where we are your guides through a particular group or artist. We talk about the music that you love and we love, and then we make a customized playlist to share with you, our listeners. I'm your guide, Justin, along with Ted. Now, we're not musicians or professionals, but we reserve the right to get really excited and burst into song. Please join us on Generation Playlist Podcast. You can check us out wherever you listen to podcasts and find our playlists on Spotify. Welcome, everybody, to the Generation Playlist Podcast. I'm going to be your host tonight. I'm Ted, and with me, of course, is my compatriot, Justin. Yeehaw! Yeah, so as you can see, Justin has his cowboy hat on, and we're going to be tackling a subject that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah, the last couple of episodes have been about uh, individual bands, uh, but this week we're going to kind of tackle a genre of uh, of music. We're going to tackle Outlaw Country, um, which is... is as a basic overview of what outlaw country is, is country music has been over the course of its life. It started out as hill music or hillbilly music, if you want to use that term, which is more bluegrass. But then Nashville took over. And with Nashville came a particular type of sound that was, it's a very clean sound and it has a very, um, manicured twang uh, taste <laughs> to it yeah it's um it, it nashville's always wanted their sound to play um they wanted to dabble in the pop uh in the pop charts as well they didn't want to just stick to um the country charts so there was a group of musicians who didn't really fit the nashville sound and um so they started their own labels and some of them moved to texas where a lot of a few of the people that we're going to be discussing that's where they ended up was in texas um and they started their own sound it's more of a honky tonk type of a vibe to to it and they were out they were considered outlaws because they didn't conform to the um the nashville way and so they were kind of looked down upon but you know some of these guys are some of the best songwriters uh, in in country music history and and that's a big part of what outlaw country is these guys um and girls they they wrote their own music Whereas in Nashville, you usually have somebody who writes the music and then a person that performs the music. Whereas these guys, not and some of these guys that we're going to talk about, they lived, <laughs> yeah. they literally <laughs> lived their music. And, I know exactly what um, you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. These guys were like serious and they, they lived it and they wrote about it and produced some of the best country music um ever produced in my opinion yeah it's it's funny because there's a lot of crossover too and in in my research i was looking into um some of them and it's like all right well getting away from that nashville sound and into the uh the berkeley sound kind of like or bakersfield mm -hmm. 
And to, yep. you, you had talked about this before, like uh, Bakersfield, California. So California country, which became a whole thing and was definitely right. like a, a different guitar style. And um, you, you can hear that when you know what to listen for. And until right. doing this, I had no idea what to listen for. Yeah, the Bakersfield sound is more Buck Owens um, and and those type of guys, whereas like Nashville, when you're talking Nashville sound, like especially in like the, the 40s and the 50s and into the 60s, then we're talking about, you know, people that um, are like Chet Atkins and, and people like that, that they were they were real popular. Glenn um, Campbell with that Glenn Campbell. Yeah, Glenn Campbell. Even though he kind played of, with some of these guys, <laughs> yeah, he played with some of these guys, and you know, Glenn Campbell started out as a guitarist for the Beach Boys. So, um, so yeah, he had a very interesting, interesting life. But yes, he definitely turned into a Nashville produced sound um, type of a musician. Kind of one of those guys that he did dabble in the pop charts with. Uh, Tennessee lineman and um and then yeah so he it reminds me of the Dewey Cox really, story a little bit with him you know? <laughs> a little bit yeah definitely um yeah so it's it's a it's a different type of music and and it diff, it does differ from the different types and because there's a few things that have always kind of stuck one being folk music there's a big connection between folk and you know and bluegrass and artists that deal in that sort of that sort of era um but yeah these guys and outlaw country also it it sprouted up over because nashville really never took to a counterculture and that's kind of where these guys found themselves. These guys, you know, they were, they took drugs and they partied and, you know, they lived, they lived hard, hard lives in some way. And, you know, of course, most country music musicians drank, but um, these guys were, you know, Willie Nelson is outlaw country and, you know, he is the, he is the purveyor of the godfather of pot. I mean, <laughs> yeah. to, to be to be perfectly honest, and these guys, that's what these guys did. They 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 lived the counterculture lifestyle that just it got them in trouble in Nashville, and so they said, "That's fine. We'll go make our own music." You don't like like Waylon Jennings. You don't like how my how long my hair is. And you don't like that I have a beard, so guess what? I'll move down to Texas with, um, with Willie, and we'll make music. And then he did end up moving back to Nashville and started his own label and told people to come. And that was Party Central, his studio. So there, there's definitely you know. some some places too, like uh, we mentioned California, but Texas especially, and uh, Georgia shows up a lot. And uh, mm -hmm. that, that seems to be like another spot and, and everybody seems to be from Tennessee or Kentucky or something like that. But then they kind of go out and right. it's like, Hey, there, there's these. So there's, there's definitely, 
you know, you don't hear a lot about a Florida, a Florida, right? But I mean, Devil went down to Georgia, you know, um, right? Uh, was it a uh, leaving on a or oh, what's the train one? A fast train, been on a fast train to Georgia. You know, it's like yep. like you've got like those sort of places, much like a Western where you have, you know, one of your central characters is the landscape or is, you know, uh, the, the town or something like that. It seems like there's a lot of that in outlaw country as well. And maybe that's just a country oh, yeah. thing. I, I don't know. But, you know, it's just kind of funny because I did run across that. Yeah, no, it, it definitely um, it, it definitely has that. And like, yeah, there's a couple of the albums that. Um, that produced some of the outlaw country artists that the legendary muscle shoals, uh, Alabama. Um, yep. right. Al- yeah. Alabama, a studio that produced, uh, Leonard Skinner and, um, 38 special and, and groups like that, the Southern rock. Um, yeah, that, that's a they, whole thing I'd like also, to get into too. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we talk about little they, feet and, <laughs> right, right. They produced um they produced some of the outlaw country artists too, but yeah, like you Georgia, you're talking about um Charlie Daniels yep. and he's he's been brought up as I guess he's sort of outlaw country. Um they had him he on does, there, you know, on the wiki. <laughs> he does yeah, he does kind of straddle the bluegrass um line sometimes, but yeah, he's definitely he has a different, a different taste to him, but you know, and a lot of these guys, they have an attitude, and it, yeah. they bring, they really bring a different attitude and vibe. Um, and I'm not gonna sit here and, and going through this and everything like what we did this what I did to prep for this, I didn't have to do a lot of prep because I grew <laughs> up on a lot of this music. Um, my grandparents were huge country music star fans. And, um, but, you know, a modern day country artist, I did find a couple of modern day country artists, one being Chris Stapleton, that really he brought, he brings that vibe um, that these guys produced that really attracts me because this is my favorite form of country music. When I think of country music, this is what I think of. I don't um I don't think of Jason Aldean or Kenny Chesney or people like Alan that. Jackson, it's, you know. Yeah. Well, Al, you know, Alan Jackson, he he is country but he is a cleaner country. I, I kind of put him more like a Jimmy Buffett uh type yeah. of country. Now. <laughs> yeah. Is Jimmy Buffett um, country really? Yeah, that's where he really got his massive. That's where his massive draw is, especially after the movie *Urban Cowboy*. Um, ah. He because he was a couple of his songs are featured on that particular soundtrack, and um, so yeah, it's. I mean, you have the '90s country that's that straddled the pop. You had like Garth Brooks. That those guys are still they're still rooted in having de- putting out decent music. Whereas the modern day, a lot of the modern day country is just, it, it's not, it's not good in my opinion. It's, I, I don't care for it. I don't care for the vibe. It's just not, um, it's just not for me. 
I, um, I'm a complete neophyte here. Like, I don't have a history of family that was into country besides, like, I think my grandmother liked, um, you know, Boot Scoot Boogie and, like, uh, Brooks and Dunn and stuff <laughs> like that. So, yeah, Brooks so like, and I, I don't know. Garth Brooks, everybody liked Garth Brooks growing up, but it's like, I, I wouldn't consider them country fans. You know, I, I thought, I feel like, like, growing up, I knew, like, a couple country people because it really wasn't in my wheelhouse so here i am wearing a metallica shirt you know talking to you about like you know i i don't really know much in terms of country of what's out there now or what's good but i could tell you based on what i've listened to there's a fair amount that i liked and that yeah. really surprised me and i think some when you start getting into some of these artists it's like you know what i i know on your other podcast when you talk about um movies and you're like hey i'll go back and watch this one it's like I can kind of see myself going back and listening to some of these artists, which is like a brand new, unique experience to me. And hopefully it will be to our listeners too. And, you know, it's, you know, I, I'm not completely changed in my musical taste, but it's like, you know what? I've definitely found a greater appreciation for this style that I was not previously ingrained in. That's awesome. Cause you know, that's part of my taste or, are so diverse that um, it's kind of weird because, like, we can go from, like, last week we were talking to Pink Floyd, and now yeah, yep, I'm going into into Outlaw Country, and I, we're going to talk about some heavy metal and stuff like that, and that's all that's all in my wheelhouse. It's like, but yeah, this was definitely a part of a part of who I was, and. Um, growing up in Southern Illinois, this was, uh, and I spent a lot of time in, in around like Springfield, Missouri and the Branson area and growing up to like Lake of the Ozarks. Grand Old Opry um, and all that. Yeah. Cause yeah, my grandparents, my grandparents could remember time like where, um, when they had the radio, when they just had the radio. And they would listen to the Grand Ole Opry, and that was their, uh, you know, that was the biggest thing was the Grand Ole Opry, and um, it was yeah, it's it's so it's always been something that has been a connector for me, and you know, my mom, my mom liked country music, um, she did like some rock and roll, but it was, yeah, it was major majority country music that that they all like so and they were a big influence on me that's pretty cool do you have um a list of artists that you think fit this i know we talked about a couple yeah so uh people we're going to talk about we're going to talk about people who are going to be known to everybody um you have guy people like johnny paycheck uh, david allen co and then you have Waylon Jennings, of course, Merle Haggard, um, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson. Um, and then, you know, it's it really. Do you, do you consider Hank Williams Jr. on the list? You know, yeah, to a certain extent, because he did kind of he was heavily influenced by um, Waylon Jennings. Waylon, he he attributes Waylon to be. Um, his, well, he, Waylon was one of his biggest fans, so he would definitely fall into this more, um, outlaw type of attitude, especially once he found his own voice, because he, when he got, when he started, 
he was his mom forced him to do all things of his dad's Hank Williams, which is probably one of the most iconic country music musicians of all time. Yeah, I mean um, he's he's kind of like the uh the go-to, right? Yeah, he's yeah, he's one of the goats. He's one of the um he's one of the people who really was bigger than bigger than life and of course he was taken taken from us too soon. Um he, here again he had a made math he did have a lot of problems. But, but um his mom Hank Williams Jr.'s mom really kept wanted to keep Hank Williams's aura alive, and so forced him to do that. And so, finally, one day, when after he turned eighteen, Hank Williams Jr. kind of said, "Screw this! I'm going to make my own music." And you know, it, and it took him a while, but Waylon really helped him out. So, and now he's ready he for would, some football. He's yeah, he's so yeah. He did he did put out a lot of heavily produced uh music that's more mainstream. Um but he still has that he still has that that vibe. Um we won't talk about his politics, so we'll leave that to another time, another podcast. But um he's sure not shy about <laughs> um I, I even check to see how many of these guys are still kicking. To be honest with you, <laughs> you know? um, that's another. You thing. know, <laughs> some some of these guys died early um, because they lived hard and fast, um, but some of them are still around. Um, Billy Joe Shaver, I think he recently he passed, passed away within yeah. the last within the last few years. Um, uh, twenty twenty, I saw at the age of yeah. eighty. I want to say. Yeah, and but my favorite, my favorite guy, Chris Christopherson, he's still alive. Um, we'll definitely be discussing him. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things with these guys. You know, they they lived a hard life, and it's it's evident in their music. And um, so a lot of them did pass away before their time. But uh, the legacy that they've left is, uh, I mean, it, this is one of the pillars of, of country music that it's undeniable. Yeah, I've, uh, you just reminded me, I have to write down our list of songs as we go. So I don't, uh, I don't lose that, but um, who would you like to start with? Who do you think is a good one to kick us off for, uh, for this? Well, we'll start off with somebody who's a little more obscure, and it's somebody that I've discovered here recently over the past probably five or six years, and that's a guy by the name of Blaze Foley. And I'll tell you how I dis- how I discovered him. Mike Judge, the guy, the cartoonist for uh, the Drew Beavis and Butthead, and um, directed the movie Office Space. He did a thing for Cinemax. It was called On the Tour Bus. And he's, he highlighted some of these guys that we're talking about with some of their stories. And I had never heard of this guy, Blaze Foley. And um, he did a he did an episode on him. And his story is amazing. He's 
I mean, it's not amazing, I guess, but it's it's a story of a guy who never really made it. Um, but he wrote a few songs that ended up getting covered by Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard that mm-hmm. t- just took off to the stratosphere. And so being something that interested me, I I went back and looked at him. His discography is very small because he was notoriously prickly as far as being able to get him into a studio. Um, it's hilarious, though. Like You, you can catch he, – yeah. he's got a really good one called Live at the Outhouse. And, uh, yes. I mean, he's up there cracking jokes and stuff, and it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a very unique dude. Um, well, he's a guy that passed away too early, um, but he died defending somebody that – was a friend of his and um and was shot but um you know he left see the good music here again not a whole lot there oh yeah very unique voice um so the first the first song out of here is probably his biggest song that is a must here is clay pigeons that was on my list too yeah it's there's something about it it's just here again this is his words and it's it's moving to me it it moves me and if you take the music out of it it's almost poetic um, in my opinion yeah I I like what you thought I like Blaze Foley a lot. This is one when I was telling you that I'll find myself going back. I'm going to go back and listen to Blaze Foley. And um, it's it's one of those things that it, it caught me. It caught me off guard emotionally when I was listening to it. And, and I'm like, I did not expect to like this like it did. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. So Clay Pigeons, that's that's right there. That's um, like you said, that's his big hit. Um, that must have been one of the ones that was covered. Yeah, it was. It's been covered by a few people. Um, what did you think of yeah. uh, Our Little Town? Now, see, that's that one mean? that I didn't have on, on my list. But oh, didn't have it on your I list? Know, okay. I do, I do know the song. Um, it's, a, it's a good one. Um, I, he, some of his songs are, are, can be hit or miss, but that's... that's <laughs> like the Treehouse song? Like, Living in the Treehouse? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that's, and, that's one you know, where it's like, it's a cool song, but I don't know if I'd put it on a playlist for Outlaw Country. Right, and you know, here's the thing, he... And the reason I know this is um, a movie has been made about him um, that is is out there for people to go see or to, to rent. Um, on whatever platform and it's called blaze and he actually did live in a tree house um it was a friend's house that just happened to be built in in the woods and he lived there with his girlfriend and so that's where he wrote a lot of this a lot of this music um it was produced by um trying to place his name um ethan uh, ethan hawk oh cool yeah he's the producer of it and 
Um, it's a it's a really good movie. It's it really sums up who he was. Um, I'll definitely um, check and that then, out. Yeah, and another one of the songs that really got covered. This was the hit that was by Merle Haggard. It was "If I Could Only Fly," and here again, this is not going to be an upbeat. This is not going to be a happy song. This is a song that it it's it's a song about, but it's it's reality. It it's a tale of somebody who's hurt and who knows what it's like to be hurt. Um, it it speaks to me. It really his, did. His voice is really something when when you hear it, and he's got like a really good baritone to it. I, re- mm-hmm. I really do like his stuff and coming from a place of I'm not a big country fan, you know, um, I really yep. had to rethink that, like, while listening to this. And I I had a couple songs that jumped out at me. Okay. And again, they don't have to be on the playlist, but just for anyone no, listening, you want, you want to check out Blaze, Blaze Foley. I really liked Our Little Town, um, Election Day, mm-hmm. Picture Cards, Can't Picture You. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh Darling. Yeah, I have that one as well. Um, Cosmic Doo Doo. <laughs> Did you yeah, listen to that one? Yeah. And then um, You'll Get Yours a Plenty, which is a dark take on urban living and is just a. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I was thinking of Taxi Driver while listening to that. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, holy can, crap, you know? Yeah, I can see that. That's. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It's, it can, he can get kind of dark. But um, he's but I mean, that's the thing, too. Like when you listen to his live show, it's it's so like it goes back and forth between him, like telling a joke and his joke will be like a kind of like a long story with like a punchline and all that. And it's like he thinks he's he thinks it's hilarious and he's just like telling the story and then it leads right into the song and all that. And it's like it's such an interesting performance. So I, I really. Enjoyed yeah. It. Yeah, I'm I'm glad because um, I. I have to be in the right, uh, the right type of mindset, but it's, um, I can see that he, he has, he has music that speaks. Um, it, it's real. And I, and this is something oh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to keep repeating myself because I, I know that that I can do that, but, um, you can tell that these are songs that are lived in. Yeah, and that's a good point. It's, yeah, it's like you're taking you're taking a um you're taking a little bit of that person out of this and and I think that connects you to the uh, to the singer-songwriter big time when you know that it's they're putting their heart on the on the page and singing it for you. I think that's one of the things that attracts attracts me to this version of music yeah it's cool I was, I was glad that i remembered this this guy's name and what you had said from it and like i said i i will come back to him i i liked him yeah he's he's really he's a, he's a trip he really is um now so we're gonna go the with next... the clay pigeons and if i can fly right yep yep All and right. if you want to put if you want to put one of the songs that uh that you liked on there, we can do that as well. Well, I'm going to go with Our Little Town. I'll put that on because yeah. I, I like that. Sounds good. 
That was one of my favorites. All right, cool. So we got three songs from Blaze. Yeah. So the next person that I think we should really talk about is uh, another very interesting person. Um, his name is Towns Van Zant, and he's not related to the Van Zants from um, Leonard from Skinner. Leonard Skinner. Yeah, he's a, he's his own guy. He's a songwriter. Uh, he he wrote some stuff while he lived in Nashville, but he well, he's one of these guys that never fit in there um, because he didn't want to he didn't want to write um pop songs he wanted to he wrote things that were real and he wrote his experiences and he's the way he describes himself is he's always been looking to write the perfect song and so he's kind of uh he's always searching for things to write about and he he really became to prominence there was um the band the birds um from the 60s they really took and and particularly Graham Parsons from the birds took a real liking to Towns Van Zant's music and the birds produced um an album called um Cinderella's of the Rodeo and so that and they and they recorded that in um in Nashville and that's where Graham met Towns and that was a toxic a toxic relationship to say the least not because they they got along very well for the wrong reasons um Graham Parsons of course notoriously passed away from a heroin overdose um but they part they took a liking to the same substances <laughs> um but uh towns survived graham didn't but towns wrote he wrote a lot of music he wrote a lot of songs for um he here again when graham parsons was a uh one of the rolling stones albums graham parsons was a big influence um was a big influence on the stones at the time and and he brought towns van zand a lot around and so there's a few songs of the stones that are influenced by graham parsons and and towns van zand and that's cool yeah and like in towns too he was like graham parsons when he started his own band after the birds broke up um Towns was a, a, essentially a writer for them. Um, one now, of the songs that, any, yeah, I was just going to ask you, like, does he have stuff that's been like, uh, like famously either covered or did he write for anyone? Like, um, he he's been covered by a few people. Um, and one of the may one of one of the songs that we're going to highlight is probably it's one of the most covered songs in country music um and so but yeah he has been covered by quite a few um he's been he's been covered quite a bit because his songwriting is it, it, it's magical 
and when he puts pen to paper, it's it's really really amazing. Um, That's cool. He does sing. I, his I own haven't stuff. listened to any of them. So <laughs> yeah, no, he does sing his own stuff, but um, he does. There's a lot of people that do cover his stuff because it is that good. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I mean, the whole legacy of Graham Parsons and Towns Van Zant and, and Blaze Foley knew Towns Van Zant, and so they're all kind of all mixed around together. Um, and they all, of course, have had similar tastes in uh, alcohol and drugs. But, um, yeah, it when he put pen to paper, it was he always had something it was always special and so <laughs> when when you talk about towns towns van zant you talk about a song called poncho and lefty oh okay and, that's actually on my list um further down so yeah it's probably for merle haggard and willie nelson yep that's that's they famously it sent it straight to the top. I mean, it was nice. Um, it was a number one hit for for them, but it's got its start with um. It got its start with Towns Van Zandt, and he wrote it, and it's and it's here again. It's one of these story songs. Yeah, it tells a story. It tells a story about two people two friends and and how their their lives went in two separate directions um and it's just a it's a heartbreaking tale but it's a it's just a good song it's it's like a troubadour song it's more exactly that's a perfect way to put it and and have it be covered by you know like graham parsons his band was the flying burrito brothers that um <laughs> that he did after the birds that was his that was his thing and um and Emmy Lou Harris was part of that that group too um and so yeah Poncho and Lefty is is one of those ones that has to be put and we can put is it there a particular we can put version? it anywhere would you go you know, with the any ver- version I love the Willie Nelson version it, but every time it seems that it's done by a different person, it seems like that they bring something new to it. So even yeah. if we have it on there twice, once by Towns and once by Willie and Merle, it's I like it. It's two different. Yeah. It's two different songs. Um, we we'll just put them in different positions on the on the set list. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah because it it is it it gets it's so I don't know the the song is amazing in my opinion. It's one of my favorites. And so, you know, and to say, he doesn't have a lot of, a bunch of happy music. Um, but um, another song that you might recognize is Dead Flowers. And the reason yes. you might recognize, the reason you might recognize Dead Flowers is that's on the Big Lebowski soundtrack. Yep. Send you dead flowers by the mail. Yep. I hope they do put roses on your grave. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a great and song, actually. 
I love that it song. Is. It it yeah. really is. It's a um and then if we we're gonna add one more, it would probably be waiting around to die. And here again, this is a as it's as the title says, it's not not a happy a happy song, but it's he's telling a story and it's just what he sees. And it's and I like the fact that you use Troubadour because um that's exactly kind of what some of these guys are. They yeah. really are troubadours. They're um they're telling they're te- they're storytellers. And um uh, something else that's really been lost because you know, rock and roll doesn't really do and the modern countries uh, they don't really do that anymore. It's really hard to find somebody who sings uh, tales of you know. The, I don't know, man. I'm things. a big fan of progressive rock, so I I would argue that you know, <laughs> like your Rush, when you start singing about like Bi Tour and the, you know, the right, right. No, I I get that. <laughs> I, I was thinking here, but maybe modern. I, right. I I wasn't thinking of Dio and you know and um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but and Holy Diver and oh, but man. I was thinking I was thinking more of you know like. Everyday people, like you know, the story of you know, the guy that's you know busting his hump at at his job, and, and the job doesn't pay what it's supposed to, and you know, it they're they're scraping by, and I and that's really been lost, I think, um, and and in country music, in a way, is kind of has kind of moved away from those people as well. And that's why they have to look almost they almost have to look back. Um, why does that remind me of Bon Jovi and John Mellencamp? You know? <laughs> well, like, because you know <laughs> Yeah, like John Mellencamp, uh, I still call him John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah. Um he's I still put the Cougar in there. Um he he that's one of the reasons that he was so attractive as a, as a singer was because he told a story. His songs told a story on a more rock and roll type vibe, but there was substance there. And it's kind of why I'm drawn to Bruce Springsteen as well. It's like, you know, and of course, Bruce Springsteen, the famously uh, born in the USA. It was funny because it, it doesn't tell the story that you think it tells. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a story and, of struggle, uh, you know. And it's yeah, like, yeah exactly. it's not about like civic pride. So right, and yeah. so in the in the famous story with that is is that Ronald Reagan wanted to use wanted to use "Born in the USA" as a theme for one of for his uh, re-election campaign <laughs> in 1984, and his people had to tell him, um, "No, you need to listen to the lyrics of the song." <laughs> it's like. Um, but yeah, no, these guys tell stories and that's, and then that's, what's also attractive. And we talk about the common man, we can move, move on to the, somebody else that we can, uh, we can highlight here. And, uh, that'd be Johnny Paycheck. Johnny Paycheck. Yeah. Now Johnny Paycheck is cool. He started out as a background 
he was a background uh, musician, and um, but they real people realized in in Nashville that he could sing, and he was a he's a really good singer. Um, and one of his first songs that we could probably look at is it borderlines on the country because it did kind of cross over into pop a little bit. Um, is don't take her, she's all I've got. And it's a very clean, it's a very clean song for an outlaw song. But um here again, another guy that he's lived a he's lived the country country lifestyle. Um, always good for a good barroom fight. <laughs> um, but his anthem is kind of what I was talking about. That guy, you know, the the guy that's at the end of the bar has worked, you know, 60 hours this week and is not getting paid what he should for it. And that's take this job and shove it. Yep. That and, um, I mean, I, I, I can't believe if you're an American and you're listening to this and you've not heard take this job and shove it by somebody um, because it's just one of those anthem songs that, you know, it, it, it's attractive to um, the everyday working guy because it's telling that story, you know, you don't like me, take this job and shove it. And that's what everybody wants to be able to, you know, say to their boss or yes, it's just, angst and you can feel you can feel it in how he sings it did you have anything that you saw from no nothing from johnny just um i i i know take this job and shove it um i didn't i didn't know take uh, or don't take her she's all i got but uh definitely had had the uh the second one there if we were to add one more from him um, and just that he's more than just you can't take this job and shove it. Um, the Outlaw's Prayer is another one of is another song by him that is really it's a really good song and highly recommended. But here's a, here again, Johnny Paycheck's a guy. He never spent a whole lot of time at the top of any charts, but um, produced good music music that. You can go to a jukebox, and um, and his music's gonna be on there. Well, it's like you said, like mood mood music. Like when it suits your mood to hear, it's like you know, I just had a bad day, a rough week of working eighty hours, and you could take this job and shove it is in the jukebox. You're sitting at a diner, you pop in that nickel, and you know, throw that on. Absolutely, I get it. Yeah, it really. Um, yeah, it's it's just good music, and you know, and the per next person we can we can talk about here is kind of like Johnny Johnny Paycheck is Billy Joe Shaver. Billy, Billy Joe, Joe Shaver. Shaver. Now there yep, is a character. He Woo. is a character, and he's um he's another one. Of, he this is a guy who had his own episode that I was talking about the Mike Judge series. Um, he had his own episode. He um, he's lived the country lifestyle, and it seemed like whenever there was something important happening in country music, he there was Billy Billy Joe Shaver was part of it. Like 
Um, Johnny Paycheck shot a guy. Oh, Johnny Paycheck. Okay. He, yeah. Johnny Paycheck notoriously shot a guy, um, in a, in a bar room. Um, and for some reason, Billy Joe Shaver, I think was there. It's Billy Joe Shaver seems to be, he's always in the thick of everything. And he's one of the best session musicians in Nashville history. And then he he made his own music too, and he did write a lot of his own music. But yeah, he's a, this is a session guy. I and, I know, you know him because he was friends with Norm Macdonald, and he was on the Norm Macdonald yes. show on on Netflix. That's where I he first came across my yep. radar. So the the story that I was talking about is how he met Waylon Gen- Waylon Jennings at a, at a show, and he said to him, he's like, "You're gonna listen to my music," and he's like, "No, I'm not gonna do that." He goes, "You're gonna listen to my music, or I'll beat you, I'll beat the hell out of you right here in front of God and everyone." And then Waylon Jennings listened to his music, and I I think wasn't it one of Waylon Jennings' biggest songs was a hit written yep. by uh, Billy Joe Shaver. So yeah, you bet. And, and I, I know again, you and I are going to disagree on one of these songs too, because of how you feel so uh, so strong about uh, that against that person. But I'm still going to go with it anyway. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I so... I really liked I really liked Billy Joe Shaver, great voice, yeah. which really surprised me because you know for someone who's a songwriter and he's given to other people, I'm like this guy can right. sing, and the guitar yeah. work is there, and it's he doesn't write about the same shit that everybody writes about. You know, it's like exactly. this is different. It's like the the devil made it do made me do it the first time. The second time it was me. You know, and I'm like, right. all right, this exactly. guy's in for some trouble. You know? Yeah, no, he's he's definitely always up. He's always up for uh, for some trouble. And yeah, he was really tight with Waylon. Um, yeah. After he after he threatened to beat Waylon up. Um, <laughs> that's about it. He is like when I think of outlaw, that's kind of what I was thinking of. I'm like this guy is right. kind of like the soul of outlaw. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right, and he, um, and of course he has a he has a different way of playing the guitar because he's missing the tips yeah, missing of two finger. of his fingers, <laughs> yeah. and because he lost those as a kid in a um, farming accident. Um, so he that was common back then. Had, I think my grandfather had the same issue. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people. Who who did and but so yeah he plays the guitar a little bit differently, but um, he's he's great. Um, I'm interested to see which song you want to start with here. So one one of the songs is going to be on any other number of these, but um, I mean I I was going to start with Black Rose. What do you what do you think? Yep, Black Rose is on there. Yep. The the one I was uh, alluding to is Live Forever. Yeah, that's I have that. I have that, too. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, live forever. You you can hear this from Willie Nelson, the highwayman, um, you know, uh, Waylon Jennings did it. I Like there's if you if you look up and, and Google that song, he wrote this song and it's a beautiful song and he hmm. sings it fantastic. And it's like, oh, it couldn't get any better. Then it's like, well, you didn't hear Willie Nelson sing it, you know, so it's like, oh, man. Right. No, you're exactly right. Um, the other one, another song that I really enjoy from him is uh, when the when the fallen angels fly. Oh, I didn't I didn't get to that one. That's that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'll have to I check like that, that one out. A lot. When the fallen angels fly. Do you, do you want that on the playlist? 
Yeah, we can do that one. When the fallen angels fly. Now, I, I've got um, a couple more here. One of them is going to be a bit controversial, but um, right. I really like the guitar in this one. Uh, Bend to George on a fast train. Mm-hmm. That has got some really cool, fun guitar in it. And then um, there's another interesting one called uh, I'm an Old Chunk of Coal. Okay. So, uh, but the controversial one is actually a song that he wrote and was sung by Elvis Presley called You Asked oh. Me To. Have you heard that one? I know this. Yeah, I know the song. No. It, and um, he was covered by, by Elvis. And um, Yeah. And that's, you know, um, we'll discuss Elvis on his own episode. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I do have some opinions. Um, uh, he, he's, well, we'll discuss that another time. <laughs> um, he's his own episode. But, um, so the, the song yeah, is good. The song is nice and all that. Um, do you think it's worthy yeah. of Outlaw Country, though? I'm probably, I mean, it's kind of borderline for me is because, I mean, it was really made famous by, by Elvis and Elvis really doesn't fit what we're talking about. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I just wanted to bring it up as like a song of note because like listening to it. Oh yeah, go definitely. Just the Billy Joe Shaver stuff. I'm like, that's a must, but um, I, oh, yeah, I agree with you. Definitely. I don't, I don't think it makes the list. So yeah. Another song that probably doesn't make the list, but is really good that I enjoy is uh, old five and dimers like me. I yeah. Think that's a, it's a that's good a song. song. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I like it. You, you and I definitely have some different takes on what we kind of gravitate towards and, and that's lending well to these lists. So. Oh yeah. No, it's, it, it, it works. It works really cool. And I'm glad I'm so happy that you were able to find some, some stuff here that, um, that you, that you enjoyed. Yeah, I, I, Billy Joe is definitely a, a favorite of this list. Like, you know, growing up, obviously, I've heard like Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, you hear him everywhere and stuff like that. So it's like I wasn't really into this, but then like diving into like like uh, hearing this stuff, and I'm like, "Live Forever" is going to be in my head rent free now for the rest of my life. So yeah, you know, it's just oh no, it's, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a wonderful song. It really is. And um, here again, he. he He's a real guy, and it's just, oh yeah, uh, you can't ask for much more than that. You know, we're talking about you know Billy Joe Shaver and Johnny Paycheck, and we're going to talk about another guy here and coming here in a second. That these are guys that if you saw them and they were playing at the honky tonk that you went to, chances are you're going to see them outside their bus outside drinking you know jack daniels outside their bus or at the bar they're gonna be there and there are these are sometimes they can be kind of prickly you might not want to approach them but they are they're real people they're like they're tangible real human beings they're not gonna you know they're not gonna stand behind a velvet rope as far as you know i don't want to i don't want to mingle with you know, yeah, he's, he seemed like I, I thought I saw something about how like Billy Joe stabbed a guy or something like that and got away with it. Yeah, yeah he sure did. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, oh boy. So. <laughs> I mean, these guys have been when I say they've lived life, they've um, some of them are very colorful. 
Um, yeah, he, he strikes me as like a very rodeo type of person. Yeah. Yep. And these are rough and tumble uh, human beings that, like I said, they're they're tangible. You can that I, you can see them, and it's it's really cool. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. So, in that same sense, a guy you probably don't want to approach at the bar at the Honky Tonk but is um, a great singer-songwriter is uh, David Allen Coe. And here's a guy here, too. He's definitely, uh, we, won't, we won't talk about politics or anything like that. We're going to leave all that out. Um, but he's a great singer-songwriter. And, of course, you're, you're gonna here be, again, you're he gonna was... You're going to be kind of on your own to this one because I didn't get to listen to any of his stuff. I, I think I, I did, like, okay. one or two songs, and then, like, I really focused on some of these other ones. So I have yeah, heard him. Gonna... just, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, long-haired redneck is definitely going to have to be on on the list. And um, he did have another song called uh, You Never Even Call Me By My Name. And, you know, that's a song that's completely different than anything you would have ever have thought somebody like David Allen Coe would have sung. Or sung, I'm sorry. Um, it's a it's a moving song. It's it's a touching song, and um, yeah. So, but here's the thing about David Allen Coe. Here's another guy who never met a bar fight he didn't like, and um, <laughs> just was he was known as a prickly bastard and um, mean a lot of the times. But you know, if here's the here's the crazy thing, and we have to include something by this because in one of the most in one of the craziest combinations and that you could ever think of, you'd be who could David Allen Coe team up with that would bring two genres of music that you would never anticipate. And no idea. Do you, no idea. And I didn't either until like probably 10 years ago. David Allen Coe knew Vinny, Vinny Paul and Dimebag Daryl from Pantera. No way. Yes. And wow. they were all there. They were from Texas. And um, 
they somehow met up and you know that dime bag of course had his one of his famous flying v's was a confederate flag um and not because he was a jerk you know just to no yeah that's he was because dime bag was like he he was uh you know one of the nicest human beings yeah Yeah. (laughs) um one of the nicest human beings and times have changed Um, around him so you know yes exactly and um and so somehow they met up with David Allen Coe. And one of the times where Phil was off doing his thing and he was away from Pantera, they got together and they made an album called Rebel Meets Rebel. Was Rex and, on that too? Um, I believe so. Wow. Uh, and, but I do know too that I think Hank the Third, Hank Williams Jr. the Third, or Hank Williams the Third, also had a part to play in Rebel Meets Rebel. Wow. Um, and of course, Hank Williams III played on um, on Phil Anselmo, one of Phil Anselmo's side bands, uh, Super Joint Ritual. Oh my God, I haven't thought of them in forever. Yeah. I usually they, uh, think of Down, you know, when I yeah, think of you, like this. Everybody thinks of Down. But yeah, yeah. Super Joint Ritual had Hank, Hank Williams III on there with him. Um, played i believe he played bass phil's um, so tough he doesn't even have a southern accent yeah exactly <laughs> he's from new orleans um yeah. but so if we're we have to we have to do nothing to lose by okay. rubble meets rubble it's um it's going to be the it's definitely going to be the hardest song on uh on our whole playlist but it's one of those things that's like you know that's awesome it's it's a bash up of two genres of music that you would think would couldn't be any more polar opposite of each other. Well, and I mean, they just they they're music fans, you know, the you know, Vinny and, and Dimebag, I mean, they started out their career as a kiss cover band. So Exactly. You know, they they just they love music. That's really cool. That's that's a good uh, hidden gem there. Oh yeah. So now, I mean, we're going to move on um, away from some of these guys that are not well known. And we're going to start to get into some heavy hitters here. Um, We'll start with Waylon Jennings. I mean, nice. There isn't there isn't anybody who doesn't um, personify what outlaw country is like Waylon. And, is, he, um, is he the biggest star? I would say, like, um, it's hard to say. I mean, because we're going to be talking about Willie, um, Willie and Johnny Cash and, and all that. So, and, but I mean, uh, yeah, that was kind of what I ran across. Like, literally, the first song on everything. Whenever you look up Outlaw Country, was Waylon Jennings. Yeah. So i I would have to. He's, agree it was his. It was his uh, studio that he, um, that he made or that he built in Nashville that a lot of these guys ended up making their records with. So he That's is cool. really kind of the, the guy, I guess the, the godfather of outlaw country. And it was nice. Um, so yeah, that's where he, um, that's where he stands. And of course, you know, Whalen is the type of person he's, 
kind of like Johnny Cash, he had his early start in rock and early rock and roll because uh, Waylon actually was friends with Buddy Holly. They went to school together, and um, and famously, the on the night the 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 day the music died, when Buddy Holly's plane crash crashed, Waylon was supposed to be on the plane. Oof. Um, he he actually lost a um he lost a coin flip to Richie Valens, and um and so the thing that Waylon said he never really got over was I they were joking around and the last thing our buddy was teasing him that he had given up his seat uh on a coin flip to Richie Valens and um and it ticked Waylon off and so he says I hope you're I hope your plane crashes. Oh and that shit. was the last that was the last thing he said to his one of his best friends. And um and that was really the last time he was really part of the the rock and the rock and roll scene. But um, yeah, that's a, that's one of those crazy trivia things. That he was he was part of the backup band for Buddy Holly. Um, but then when he moved, he never really fit in in Nashville, and so like they wanted him to continue to shave his he they wanted him to be all clean cut and you know have his hair short and and everything like that and we're talking we're moving into the 60s and and the counterculture and he's he was big with the counterculture yeah, with the, the freaks in the streets and all that like uh right yeah and so it really didn't fit his vibe and he pro- they were producing a lot of music for him that just didn't speak to him is what his way he put it and he was putting out albums and they weren't doing anything and so nashville kind of turned their back on him um and that's where willie told him to to come down to texas and um and they kind of hooked up together there and you know then that's where he really found his voice and he came back to nashville and created his own studio that was kind of ground zero for the outlaw country movement and um and then it's just skyrocketed too i mean he's i don't know how anybody can mention country music without mentioning will Whale and jennings i mean people our age the best thing we know Whale and jennings was is he was the uh he was the narrator for the dukes of hazard and of course, he sang the Dukes of Hazard theme song. That uh, that is on my list, absolutely. Mine, mine too. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was he was the narrator. I think they, I, if memory serves me correct, and I could be definitely be wrong, I believe that the narrator was called the Troubadour for the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, um, nice. And so, yeah, he he did that, and I mean, Waylon's another guy that you know. He never, he never met a party he didn't like, uh, <laughs> and he may or may not have been caught a couple times going back to Canada, back and forth to Canada with um, a lot of pills. But yeah. um, you know, just but he does mention wonderful... them in his in his songs too, the pills. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah. They're not sh- they're not shy. I think the first the first song that I have that we really have to talk about is uh Lukenbach, Texas. That Okay, yep. Yeah. That that was on my list actually. That was on my list for uh the High Women version. Texas. Jennings. Awesome. Yeah, I, that was pretty interesting because he had never been there, <laughs> you know, and it's uh, it's kind of like an interesting song about uh, good uh, getting back to the roots of uh, like family values mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And and I, I was reading it. I'm like, wow, he wrote this song about this place he had never even been. Right, right. Um, the next song that really that I like is, um, and it's one of these songs that, thumbed her nose at nashville and that was are you sure hank done it that way (laughs) hank done it this way and it was because you know they didn't want him singing at the grand Ole opry and they didn't want Waylon singing at the grand Ole opry and it wasn't until johnny cash was invited back um johnny cash said no he needs to be at the grand Ole opry um, because they didn't like how how long his hair was and and whatnot. And it's like, yeah. So it's, um, yeah. That's that's a really good choice. I I think that's um, I mean that definitely picks up that thumbing your nose at Nashville vibe. Oh yeah, and uh, did you find a couple that I did? And I'm surprised you didn't come up with a good-hearted woman. Love that song. So Billy Joe Shaver song um, that became a a big hit for Waylon Jennings. So I'm going to put that one on there. You bet. Good hearted woman. Um, My next one may surprise you. This, um, this is actually from one of my favorite movies of the late eighties. Follow that bird. So (laughs) (laughs) right. He did uh, ain't no road too long, which is actually a pretty good song. Yeah, it is. So I, I would put that on there, but um, I've known that one since childhood. So yeah. Too long. There's, there's so many with him. I mean, these, these are just kind of the ones that I came up with. I'm I'm with you with, with uh, Lukenbach, Texas. Um, Are you sure Hank done it this way? Absolutely. Dukes of Hazard is a must, an absolute must. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good hearted, good hearted yeah. woman is just a great song too. Um, it is. I I had kind of a split one for my number five. It was uh, I'm a rambling man, and then I had Amanda mm-hmm. for those two. Uh, what are your thoughts on I, those songs? I love both of those as well. Um, I had I'm a rambling man on my on my list of songs that I wanted to talk about. Nice. Um, so either one of those you can include. I'm going with Ramblin' Man. Okay. Um, a couple it's other very ones different that... from the Almond Brothers, Ramblin' Man. <laughs> oh, yes. No, definitely, definitely. A couple others that I found here. Um, Only Daddy That'll Walk the Line. I thought that yes, was a good I, song. I, I agree with you. It is a good song. It sounds good, but I wouldn't put it on the list. So I, I totally agree I, with you. No, yeah. And uh, Lonesome, Honor, and Me. <laughs> I think that's kind yeah. of that kind of sums up a lot of the the 
uh, a lot of the guys that we're talking about. Um, but He's got I, such yeah, a it deep doesn't... catalog too. It's it's just like when you look at this, yeah. it's like you could Google what are the top thirty songs by Waylon Jennings. You know, and and oh, it'll yeah. be there. You know, so yeah. he's like he's like some of these other ones on the list. It's just like he's so prolific, and and I, I genuinely enjoy his voice. Yes, he has. And a, I think that I'm he is one of the best voices. Voice. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I um, really like his work with the Highwaymen. You know, and mm-hmm. not everything that they do, I like. But um, right, and and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about them when we talk about them. But um, I really like how he fits in with them. You know, when, when you've got like yes. Chris Christopherson and Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash and, and Waylon Jennings. And, and to me, he's the leader a little bit, like yeah. him and Chris, because Chris is probably right. the actual leader. But it's like he kind of brings everything back together. So and, and I really no, like agreed. like that about him. Agreed. Um, and we can touch here real quick. Um, Waylon's son, Shooter, is kind of a modern day take on his dad that can um he has some good music that really even encapsulates his dad's vibe and his mom's vibe because his mom is considered outlaw country as well um it's uh a couple of the songs from him we don't necessarily need to include them um one is fourth of july he stopped loving her um, gone to Cal- Carolina, Rhinestone Eyes, Walk of Life, and Aviators. Is I that think- a cover of uh, James Taylor, Carolina? Or? Uh, um, I don't think so. No. Okay. This is go- going to Carolina. I don't. I it might be, but I don't think so. Gone he writes Carolina. a lot of his own stuff. Yeah. Well, there you go. But um, so yeah, he's a more of a modern. You told me to look into his album. So just for anyone who's listening, if country's not your thing, uh, check out Black Ribbons by Shooter Jennings. And yes. You said that that would be more of like an alternative rock sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's definitely different than a lot of the stuff that he does. It's it is more um, it's definitely heavier than country. Um, and it, it's just a it's a trippy album. It's really, really cool. Um, it's different and it has, uh, and of course has my favorite, my favorite author makes a, um, a, an appearance <laughs> on the album of Stephen King. Um, he plays a, plays a role and you'll get the vibe. If you listen to the album, you'll catch on to what they're doing. Um, it's really cool. It's a good album. I got to check that one out after this, uh, get myself out of, uh, uh, outlaw country mode. Yes, Exactly be a good uh, a good palate cleanser <laughs> <laughs> so you know if we're gonna if we're going on here um, another one of the heavy another one of the big big time artists of outlaw country is Merle Haggard uh, Merle Haggard and and I remember texting you and about my first impressions and I and and I quote Wow, Merle Haggard is dark. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he um, he he can get very dark, um, but he can also be funny, um, and and things like that though too. Um, it's he um, 
he comes from a real place. And of course, Merle's biggest thing that nobody really knew until um, he decided to let people know is when Johnny Cash did the, um, the live at San Quentin album, yeah. Merle Haggard was in San Quentin at the time. <laughs> he was actually in prison. And yeah. you know, he, he and then he he got his start in the Bakersfield area and did a lot of stuff there. And then um and then he moved back to Oklahoma and Texas. And that's where he really set foot and got his foot in with the outlaw country guys. Because here again he'd you know, they Nashville tried yeah, to make him into something that he wasn't. Yeah and, yeah, and that was one of the things, like, one of his biggest hits, and I'm like, what is this? It's like a a patriotic sort of thumping song, and I'm like, eh, you know, I, yeah. I don't know if I'd go with that, but, I mean, he's definitely got a vibe, and it's like, there's, there's certain things that I've noticed about him. I really liked his voice as well, and he's mm-hmm. great when you, when you paired him up with uh, Willie Nelson. Great! Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, and and then they're, they're the magic older together. he gets, the better his voice got. You know, yes, <laughs> pretty cool. And yeah, and I mean, Nashville wanted to make him into something that he wasn't, and and it produced a lot of a lot of material that you know wasn't making wasn't making the top um, the top of the charts, and so they just kind of discarded him that he that he was a failure. And so, which is completely absurd if you've really yeah. if, looking back on it and, you know, and then it started a, a series of albums. I think it's something like 12 albums in a row that went platinum and were number one on the country charts after he does a certain song, which we'll, we're definitely going to discuss, but you know, He's um he's awesome and he you're exactly right. He and Willie were perfect for each other. Yeah. Their their voices meld wonderfully together. Their version of Poncho and Lefty is a lot of people consider that the definitive version. That. Um they and you know Merle is also a person that we're gonna discuss here that drastically misunderstood and you know this is a guy who because of one particular song and that's Oki from Muskogee is was always heralded as this conservative icon and that what I was talking about I just couldn't think of the name of the uh, you know yeah and you know Oki from Muskogee is actually was written as it was a sat it was a satirical it was satire is what it was it was not it was not meant to be a um a a cultural firestorm that it turned into where you know it was deemed a pro-vietnam war song by those on the on both the left and the right and it was actually meant because Back in the back in the day, back in during the Depression era, if you were in California and you were called an Okie, 
that would be like somebody calling a black person the n-word oh wow so that's that's bad this, yes oki was is not was not a was not a term that was used as a it was a pejorative <laughs> um and after Merle sang the song, it really changed the entire meaning of what an Oki was. Um, but, and, the, and they were kind of poking fun at it. But it became a cultural, um, it became a cultural firestorm. And, um, and it sold him a, a bunch of records. But, you know, this is a guy who championed a lot of very progressive things. Uh, one of the last things, one of the last things he did was in 2008 for Hillary Clinton's campaign. He wrote a song just for her. I mean, so this is a guy who, you know, is heralded as something that he really may not be. Um, it, I, it but, seemed like, too, he just he did what he wanted and liked what he wanted. And a lot of the stuff he talks about is like from his childhood where he had great parents, but he was just a bad kid. Yeah. And you know, and he grew up poor. They, because his dad, I mean, they moved his mom and dad were Okies. They moved from, um, they moved from Oklahoma to, uh, California during the depression. Uh, during the Dust Bowl era. And, um, yeah, so it's just, it, and, you know, and the thing about it is, too, is everybody, there's another song called The Fighting Side of Me. That's which, that's one that I actually picked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That they connect with Oki from Muskogee a lot. Um, that they, it's, it's deemed as this, you know, as a pro-America rah-rah song, and and while it is to a certain to a certain in a certain sense, um, there's a, there's more to it than that. So, it um, would you include both of those songs? Would you pick one, or would you put none of those on? Is the question. Um, I mean, you have to put Oki from Muskogee on there. I'm in my opinion, even, um, because it is, I mean, it's, it is Merle. Um, I wouldn't necessarily go with the other one. Gotcha. Um, the fight inside of me, it's, I, I don't really look at it. It's not, it's not from my particular It seems kind of commercial. People may like it a lot. Yeah, it does. I, I put it on my list just because it was the second part of Oki Musco- from Muskogee. They kind of put it there, but it's like, yeah, I don't have a strong attachment to it. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, the Lonesome, or no, not lo- which one? Um, which one did you talk about? No, you, you talked um, about the fighting side of me. Okay. Yeah. Um, another song, another big song is Mama Tried. You talk about Mama being Tried a bad- is definitely on it. Yeah. <laughs> about um being a bad kid <laughs> um absolutely i think that that's an essential you know yeah. and um and i was surprised to see 
that that was one of the most covered country songs of all time. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Reba McIntyre did it. Like, all these people did it. Willie Nelson, you know, and it's, and it was like a number one hit for some of these people. So, Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Earl's um, no joke, it, man. You know? Yeah, no, he's the real deal. There's no doubt about that. Um, give me one second here. I'm trying to find a particular song. I think the the only other one that I had on here because I, I did have Poncho and Lefty was I'm a Lonesome Fugitive, um, which is you know just it's kind of like a allegory about him and you know it was interesting and, and like I said it's a bit darker. Um, I just I just pulled it out because it's of note. Did your um did your grandparents like Merle Haggard? Um, yeah, they, they did. Um, they liked, they liked a lot of these, a lot of these artists that we're talking about. Um, so he wouldn't have been say too controversial or anything else like that for, uh, no, them. no, no, not at all. Um, I, if we're talking about Merle too, we really should today. I started loving you again. I um, yeah I did listen to that one. Um, I wasn't sure how big of a hit that was or anything. Is that that's a popular song? Yeah, that's um, that's a song that uh, that's a really moving song. It's um, there you yeah, go. It's a okay. really good song. All right, so I but, have Poncho and Lefty with Willie Nelson and Burl Haggard, Okie from Muskogee, um, Mama tried and uh today i started loving you again yeah yeah I I, I, that's a, sorry <laughs> no no that's okay it's um that's a good cross section of him and like he said his he had he has so many number one albums and everything it's just um there's so much content there um to listen it's hard to just break down into um a, into little bits like that but yeah well, i mean we're at 24 is, songs so you know he's yeah. got the most on the list right now <laughs> yeah no he's he's very consequential all right um, Will and jennings does i'm sorry but <laughs> yeah yeah no we're talking about those two guys are really they're really two of the backbones of what we're talking about in this genre of country music um, really quick, we're just just as a passing because this is a person that we're gonna have. They're gonna get their own episode, um, and that's Johnny Cash. I he can't. We can't talk about Outlaw without talking about Johnny Cash. He's the man in black. I mean, here's a guy whose career literally spans rock and roll to all the way to gospel. I mean, he started out as a rock and roll artist with traveling with Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis um, all the way to, you know, through country. But then, you know, he had he had his own demons and oh, yeah. was kicked out, was was kicked out of the Grand Ole Opry. Um, and he caught on with this outlaw crowd. But he always had a crowd. He always had a, he always had a following, 
And um, I think if we're talking outlaw, one of the most outlaw things that Johnny Cash ever did was on his TV show that he had, he teamed up with, um, with Bob Dylan and it was a cultural moment in time. Um, and the song that they sang was girl from the North country. And I, that has, I'm, in my opinion, it has to be there because it's a cultural moment. And, um, Johnny and we'll Cash and Bob Dylan, huh? Yeah. And, um, all right. Cool. It's a, it's a, he, and of course, like when we talk about the high women, he's a member of the high women. And, you know, this is a guy who personally, he, I mean, the man in black, he personified outlaw country. There's the famous, there's the famous song that our famous picture of him in Rolling Stone magazine of him giving the middle finger to the camera. That's who Johnny Cash was, man. I mean, this is a guy who took, he took no prisoners when, um, when it finally came down to it. Did um, you really shoot another, a man in Reno just to watch him die? Um, you, it's kind of, it's always funny because he never served one day in prison and he, and why he did the Folsom, um, the Folsom album after live from Folsom County prison and the live from San Quentin was because of the amount of fan mail he got from prisoners who thought that he was speaking to them. And, um, that's pretty intense. I mean, when you have people that, when you have a people who believe that you're speaking to them and you've never done that, um, that you know you've you've hit something, um, and yeah, he's he, he just, definitely yeah. tapped into that. Yeah, and he's he is an outlaw. <laughs> um, and what here else again, do you, we'll... do you like? Um, I mean, do you go with like the the commercial stuff? Like, and I, I say commercial, but it's like the the hits like Ring of Fire, I've Been Everywhere. Um, you know, uh, yes. letters from Folsom Prison. Like, what what would you uh, what would you go with? Like for additional stuff, just to get them on the list. Right, a couple of the things that I would say it would be, um, if we're going to talk about what would I would consider like Johnny Cash outlaw, would be uh, the Folsom Folsom Prison Blues. There you go. That's the one. Um, and Cocaine Blues even though cocaine blues is a little bit more bluesy. Um, it's, um, and you, you know, when he was at the end of his, towards the end of his life, um, he produced a series of four albums with, um, the brilliant producer, Rick Rubin. Um, and, um, the song that really there's two songs if we want to say that really encapsulated what it was like to be Johnny Cash the man in black is the man comes around yeah yep and um and hurt his cover of the 9 inch nails song i mean those are that that's outlaws it gets those two songs um 
and the, that's some of the best work that he ever did was on those on that those final albums that's going to be a heck of a mix for for um, all of that we have here that's oh yeah pretty cool. no it's it's definitely different um but you know there's something there's something about his cover of hurt that it's gritty and it's it's there's pain in it that's why like yeah you, you can hear actual it pain. You can feel it yeah yeah and i think that's kind of what we're looking at when we're talking about a lot of these guys there's actual life lived and and johnny lived <laughs> he lived it man he um he, he was probably the first of these guys to get a movie Right, he he was the first yeah. one to get a movie. Yeah. I'd say with Walk the Line and Walk the know. Line, yeah, great movie. Um, but yeah, no, he uh, he's definitely an outlaw. And you know, another person that we were talking about that we decided they're going to get their own uh, their own episode later on that we should talk about is definitely um, Willie Nelson. Willie, Willie, of course, Willie is, I mean, does it really come any more iconic than Willie Nelson? I mean, he's an icon. I mean, who can say that, you know, that their career has spanned such a, such a long time that, and such a wide, um, a wide birth that he wrote crazy for Patsy Klein back in the late 50s and today he's made songs with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. So yeah, that that came up on the list too I, and I I am not a fan of that version. I'll give you that. So I I'm uh, I'm happy it exists and I'm happy you like it. It's just yeah. it's not my thing. So Yeah, so no, it's I mean it's kind of goofy. It's what it is what it is. It it wouldn't have made my list, but yeah, you know, that that's it's a testament. I, I, and I'll to say him. this: Snoop can sing. I'll, I'll give it to him, but yeah. it just it was not my thing. And yeah. you know, it it's a test. It's a testament to Willie. Um, it's a testament to. There's going to be a couple of people who, in the next five, hopefully longer, and when they do pass away, that culturally it's going to be extremely hard and one of them's willie and the other's dolly parton oh yeah and yeah. you know those two people when they've when they do pass it's going to be culturally significant does um, she make make uh sense at all as an outlaw even as like an outlier no, no? okay yeah no, so she, she's because she, i mean she's always done her own thing you know yeah, no, she's done her own thing, but she's definitely Nashville. I mean, okay, she's Nashville. All um, right. Yeah, she's definitely Nashville. Um, uh, but you know, but as far as being a cultural significance, um, her is she and Willie are neck and neck for how much they mean to. Um, society and then music in general i mean dolly just got inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame wow, so i wonder what took her so long <laughs> <laughs> you know, well it took and a long actually, time for people to 
I'd just like to point out, I've got the Kenny and Dolly Once Upon a Christmas uh, record behind the, me. The so, yeah, no, I, I'm do, with do you. So. Do you know how many times I've listened to that record when I was growing up? No. I all <laughs> the time. My wife knows every song and every part by heart and um, yes. all the harmonies and everything. And we, we just yes. did, did one at karaoke. So oh, I, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm with you with the cultural significance. Um, but let's, let's rein it back here to Willie. Um, Cause yeah. there's so many songs, but what is outlaw Willie? You know, um, I think I, I know like at... hits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll stay away from always on my mind, <laughs> um, but like the redheaded stranger. Okay. I mean, Cause that's, that's the nickname that I use when I talk about Willie, that he's the redheaded stranger. Um, yep. I mean, that's, that's an obvious choice. So yeah. And blue eyes crying in the rain, blue eyes crying in the rain. Yep. And of course on the road again, I mean, even though it's cliche. No, I, I, I feel like that picks up the vibe and, you know, someone like Mm -hmm. Johnny paycheck would be, you know, on the road again. So I get it. Yeah. What about Whiskey River? That's another one that I have. Oh, okay. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, just for all the folks listening, I'm not a listener of Willie Nelson. I know Willie Nelson from hearing him on the radio and stuff like that. But like I said, my parents were not into Willie Nelson. I had to dive in to find out that there was a song called Whiskey River because I had never heard it. I had heard the redheaded stranger because some of these songs show up in movies that I watch and things like that. So I know on the road again, I knew blue eyes crying in the rain and all that, but I had no idea that whiskey river was a song that Willie Nelson did. So, yeah, no, I'm that's, and that's one of the fun things um, about delving into uh, different genres of music that he may not have been exposed to before. Um, it's always a lot of fun. And uh, you, you kind of alluded to this other one, but um, I like the original version of Roll Me Up, Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I Die. What do you, <laughs> yeah. You think that's a good one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that is. That's another one. That's... Roll me up and smoke me when I die. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's definitely him. Yeah, that's that's a that's an interesting song and I, I like that version. I'm not the Snoop Dogg version is fine if you like it. Um yeah. <laughs> another one of note and I imagine this has to be a cover because I don't think he wrote this one, but um Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. He he, he didn't write that, did he? I think he did write it and no kidding. Then, and he wrote it and then Waylon then Waylon did it and then they did it together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah, it's it's one that's been covered. Um does it make the it's, list? I know it's it is iconic, but is it outlaw? That's the question, or does the Waylon version make it? What's your take on that? Um you know, it's it 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 probably should because it is a it is a major hit. Um, I would probably, if I was leaning, it would probably be the Whalen version. No is the one that I know. I, yeah. is the one that I know the best. Um, but that's the whole. Yeah, that's another whole. The whole idea that these you know don't let you 
don't let your kids grow up to be like us essentially is is what they're saying there um telling you whalen is creeping up this list you know it's like yeah you, you can't escape him. it's yeah <laughs> it's hard it's hard to get away from him um before we get into my favorite um i would like to t- touch on chris stapleton just a little bit and he's a modern day person that um i've really discovered that i have an affinity for um and just a couple of just a couple of his songs um Tennessee whiskey. Okay. Chris Stapleton. Nice. And um, so, I mean, he's a modern guy. He's a guy that must have come yeah. out in the uh, the 2000 eras and all that. So I, I don't know much about him. I've, I've definitely heard his songs and stuff like that. And, you know, um, I, I can't speak to this one particularly, but. You know, I, I like yeah, what so, you've told me about him. It would be the late 2010s. Yeah, so his, um, his first album, I think, was like 2017. Um, so Tennessee Whiskey, definitely. Um, Outlaw State of Mind is kind of a funner, kind of funner. It's kind of a more of a fun song. Um, there you go. And Whiskey Sunrise, I would include that one. All right. So so far we have songs about um, whiskey and cocaine and pot, <laughs> and um, there was a Merle yes. Haggard song called "Misery and Gin," but I did not include that <laughs> one. On here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so that brings us to my favorite person, um, and you know, of all these guys, and I've said this for for years now. You know, Johnny Cash had a movie made about him. It is shocking to me that Chris Christopherson doesn't have a movie made about his life. Truly a remarkable life lived. Um, started out, he was, you know, he grew up um, with parents that were, he was a military brat, is what he is what he was. He went to West Point, graduated from West Point, was a Rhodes Scholar studied uh studied english poetry at oxford um served in vietnam came home and you know turned his back on his well-to-do parents and his mom and dad like kicked him out of the family because he wanted to be a country artist and was dirt poor and was a janitor um at capitol records in nashville and that's where he met Johnny Cash. I mean, and then, of course, he said, you know, I, I can write. And Johnny Cash said, you can write? And he, yeah. And that's how they got, that's how he got his start. He, Johnny brought him into a, a session that he was doing. And, um, and the rest is kind of history. And this is a guy who's really considered one of the greatest songwriters of the 20th century. Um, and we'll talk about some of the, some of the songs. It's just, just amazing. And I, we start right off the top 
and we'll start with this and because it goes into another story that I just adore about Chris Christopherson. And that's me and Bobby McGee. And you're like, Chris uh, Christopherson. Yeah, you're sitting there and everybody's going to sit there and say, no, but me and Bobby McGee was saying by Janis Joplin. Mm -hmm. Well, Chris Christopherson wrote it. And he and he put it on his his album. It was his song. And Janice is a once in a millennia talent. She in my opinion, she's probably one of the greatest female vocalists to have ever lived. And her version of being Bobby McGee, of course, is the definitive version. But I did I did hear the Johnny Cash version. Yep. And it's been done. It's one of those songs that everybody's done, me and Bobby McGee. And uh to its to its credit, because it's an amazing song. Um but Chris Christopherson said he never had been in love until he met Janis Joplin. Really? And they yeah, and they fell madly in love. But her drinking, he could never. And this is a guy who did, he, he drank of his fair share um, as well as everybody, but it cost, it cost them their relationship, uh, her drinking. And, you know, and of course she's part of the 27 club. She passed away at age 27. Um, so he was most definitely if, at Woodstock then, right? He, you know, I'm not exactly sure if he was at Woodstock because he was definitely making, he had st- almost started to cross over into movies at that point because, of course, he's got, he's one of the ha- most handsome men that probably have ever lived. Um, really? Whistler from Blade? Yes. <laughs> yeah, right? No, he, yeah. <laughs> um, he did star in two movies with Barbara Streisand. Yeah, Star um, is Born, and uh, what was the other one? Yeah, oh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> it, it'll it'll come to me after we're done. Um, but you know, he's just an amazing person, and legitimately a good person. And that's I mean, a lot of these guys are kind of rough and tumble and it's kind of they kind of while we laugh at some of them, it's like some of them are kind of prickly and they're not real nice. Whereas Chris Christopherson is legitimately an amazing person. And like I said, I I to this day can't believe that they haven't made him made a movie about him. Um so he'd so, be on I mean, bucket we, list to meet then. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I I would do anything to sit and have a conversation with Chris Christopherson. Um so yeah, we talked about we talked about me and Bobby McGee. Um Sunday morning coming down. Um Yeah. I've actually heard a couple different versions of this one. Yeah. Um it's just it, it, when you hear that, you, you know, and it's and it might be that the fact that he studied, 
he studied poetry but the way he turns phrases and it's just it's amazing and if you can't get into that song here again he's he's not the best singer but he gets you that, that's he, my takeaway so he, he, <laughs> that he is touched, my least favorite of the singers yeah. yeah he touches you though in a way that it's moving and you can tell that he's you get the feeling that he's he's lived it it's kind of like in and somebody did compare him to a modern day woody guthrie where Woody Guthrie saw the the poverty and sang about the poverty and the tales of the working man and that made Woody Guthrie into the cultural icon that he that he was. It's kind of like Chris Christopherson. Chris, you know that because you know the Sunday morning coming down, you know that he had that moment where he was walking down the street hungover. And it's he's he's lived that, and it's it's just a, an amazing song. Um, yep, that was that was on my list as well. I didn't have um, me and Bobby McGee though, because the only version I heard had Johnny Cash singing, so I didn't really consider that uh, Christopherson. Yeah, I didn't know he wrote it. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, loving her was easier. It's another another amazing song. Um, okay, Chris Christopherson. It's got uh, "Loving Her Was Easy," "Sunday Morning Coming Down," me and Bobby McGee. What else you got? Uh, Help me make it through the night. That's another. Just the lyrics are so amazing, and it. It's almost to the point where you almost don't need his the music with his lyrics. Um, I actually, doing the research and everything for this, I was able to find a book of just his lyrics, and I've purchased it. And, nice. Um, because it's, it's just um, another person that's kind of like that in a different vein is... Um, um, Morrison from the Doors. Jim Morrison. I was thinking that, but then I was thinking you said he was a good person. And I'm like, I don't think Morrison yeah. was a good person. <laughs> yeah, no, he, no, he probably wasn't. He probably yeah. wasn't, but he had that lyrical sense. Yeah, to his to his lyrics, it was more poetic. And um, I had a high school English teacher that had a book of Jim Morrison's poems slash songs too. That was always that it was an inspiration. I, I do like um, the doors, so I, I don't yeah. want to make light of that. But it's like just in, in comparison, it's like, yeah, I feel like we would definitely fall short between the two of them yeah. and their stories. Yeah, yeah, you know? no, definitely. <laughs> um, but wasn't he also in the 27 Club or did he make it to the 31 Club? Yes. No, yeah, he's he in the 27 yeah. Club. Um, another Chris song for the good times is a good song. Okay. And then you know, and we can't we can't end the the Chris Christopherson ver 
section without why me which you know it's a more of a it's a more of a kind of religious song um he did have a conversion uh to uh evangelical christianity um but there's something about the song even if even if you don't have a religious persuasion the questions that he asks in the song are to my in my opinion are so profound he's asking why why me and i know that's the title of the song but it's like why are these things happening to me mm-hmm. why are good things happening to me why are bad things happening to me and it's i think it's just a profound a profound question um and it's, yeah. yeah yeah and i i think that's it's a that's a great thing so um with that that kind of leads to the super group that i yeah. i kind of gravitated towards and i mean if you if you look about law country as i said waylon jennings is going to come first maybe willie nelson comes second johnny cash but then the highwayman comes in yeah and i didn't even know that these guys existed right so this is uh you've got waylon jennings johnny cash willie nelson and chris christopherson in what, what i can only think of is like the literal first super group you know yeah. before the traveling wilburys and and uh all of them so you know i, yeah. I guess unless you you think about like the earlier maybe led zeppelin was one i don't know but whatever but um yeah the the highwaymen interesting interesting mix of people and um talents and surprisingly the egos didn't get in the way what the hell (laughs) right well here's the thing the reason that that the reason that the egos didn't get in the way is because like waylon and willie were were longtime friends um, and then, uh, of course, they were friends with Johnny Cash. Um, but then Chris Chris Darverson fits in because after um, after Johnny Cash discovered him, essentially, um, he, Chris Christopherson wrote and toured with these guys. So there really wasn't. Um, and the crazy thing is, you think about these four massive, three massive stars, and Chris is probably the the least of the three, um, the four stars. But um, he, but he is a famous movie star too. So, yeah. but these guys all fit together because they really ego is not was never their thing, you know if they were never like considered alpha male types um, that needed a massive ego uh, to do what they did. And so coming together, it was, um, I would compare it to kind of like how George Harrison brought the traveling Wilburys together. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, my thought, you know, that's, it's the only other real comparison I could think of. Maybe yeah. in like modern day hip hop, there's there's something similar, but that's not my bag, so I don't really know. I can only really <laughs> yeah. compare it to that, where it's like you've got Tom Petty, Roy Orbison, George Harrison, you know, and, and uh, it's like what? Yeah, and Bob Dylan, yeah. you know, it's in there, right? Know, like, 
it's crazy. Right. Yeah, th- these so, guys were enjoyable. They had some interesting stuff. It's very some very interesting stuff. Um, it's for me, it's kind of hit or miss. Um, uh, yeah, there's a huge miss on here. Um, yeah, yeah. Their their cover of um, uh, "Against the Wind" is the worst song that I listened to in this entire thing. And it's yeah, it's not. It's so yeah. bad. And I mean, yeah. it, it starts out okay, and you're like, "All right, Will, Willie Nelson's doing this. Okay, I can I can vibe with this." Um, Johnny Cash literally speaks at the microphone, and his diction <laughs> is so pronounced that he's like, "I remember yesterday," you know, and, and he's just like, "We were running yeah. against the wind," and I'm like, "Oh yeah. no, no, it's um, it's unlistenable in, in my opinion," yeah. and, and I, I hate yeah. to be so harsh, but it is so bad. Don't listen to that version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I have my own opinions about Bob Seger um, <laughs> and the Silver Bullet Band, but in a um, good or bad way, I'm curious. <laughs> um, they're interesting. We'll put it that okay, way. Okay. All right. All right. Um, we can dig into that. They're uh, not my favorite, but um, I, I get that. I only have three songs uh, but, from the Highwaymen, by the way, so that's it'll be a I've, good cap. I'm kind of curious what you have. I I bet two of them are the same. Because <laughs> um, I I have, uh, of course, Highwaymen. Great song, and I mean, this is the only yeah. song you'll ever hear Johnny Cash talking about being a starship captain, and I I am so <laughs> here for it. And, and I'm like, yes. this just went sci-fi, and I'm like, this is a really cool song. <laughs> yes. Um, and the other that I have is the last cowboy song. I didn't have that actually. Okay, I'm gonna put that on here though. I I liked two others, and one is is kind of um a cover anyway. But um, I liked Silver Stallion. Okay, and I thought that was pretty cool. And um, and we're riding riding like a one-eyed jack. <laughs> Um, yeah. And yeah. then um, City of New Orleans, the Arlo Guthrie uh, cover. I thought that was that is very good. Yeah. Yes, definitely. But um, going back to what I said from the beginning, you know, I, I can I can kind of bookend this with the worst song that I heard was Against the Wind. Absolutely, unequivocally unlistenable. I will go yeah. back and listen to Highwaymen. I will put Highwaymen and Silver Stallion and probably Last Cowboy Song because I, I left that one on. I would put those on on a mix and just listen to them and throw them in there. I'm like, I really like this. The mix of Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash, and Willie Nelson, they all have a part to play in the story. And they come up and it's they're like, especially the Highwaymen. I've never heard another song like that in my life. Where, where someone's right. like, oh, hey, I was a highwayman, you know, on on the country roads I'd ride. You know, many a woman lost her baubles to my, uh, uh, I don't know, whatever he said. And, and someone, his lifeblood on my blade. I'm like, Willie Nelson, what the heck? You know, and then, and then you know, it comes up and then there's the next person. Oh, I was a damn, I was a sailor. You know, they, they told me that I died, but I'm still here and. What a story! Yeah, that is such yeah. a cool song, and and um, I, I think that was probably my favorite out of all these songs. The Highwayman was like, if I had to pick just one that stood out, that was it. So, needless to say, I'm a little excited. So, 
<laughs> no, it's you're exactly right, and it's um, it is it's it's great, and it's a it is a great bookend to the end of the of our look here at at these people at these this group of people. And but, I, I'm surprised we got it down to 46 songs, which uh, that's that's pretty good. That's a you know that's a four disc CD set from Time Life. You know, <laughs> exactly. Out. We yeah, we kind of are like a little Time Life uh, uh, infomercial here for yeah. uh, for them. But no, yeah, I, I, think I think it's, this is, it's great. This is a good cross section, and you know, and it's a really it's a um. It's a starter pack for yeah. a, a for a deeper a deeper dive into this this genre of music. If if one of these people strikes your fancy um, and is something that you want to listen to, uh, most of these guys have a catalog that's absolutely amazing and is going to be deep. Like I mean, Merle, I think you can go like fifteen or twenty. Um, albums deep. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're not same, kidding. <laughs> and same with same with Waylon Jennings. You can go super deep with him as well, and and Willie as as well. So if, I, I'm just happy you if, let me put "Ain't No Road Too Long" on here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no, it's it's great, and I'm I'm so happy that you were able to to get into this, and you kind of. Um, you kind of played along with uh with one of these things that, that I do like to talk about cuz it's um it's something that means is close is close to my heart um it's like i said it's not my this, this isn't my favorite genre of music but there will be times where i just have to listen to it it's just it, it brings me back and if people want a good look at what um, country music is, I couldn't recommend more the Ken Burns documentary series, Country Music. Mm-hmm. It really, um, everything that Ken Burns does is just absolutely magnificent. Um, but the, the sick, what he does with country music it explains so much. It goes back to the origins in the twenties of country music and how it came out of the Hills. Um, and, um, and how those were some of the first, when records first started to be printed, it was, it was hill music. It was country music. It was bluegrass. It yeah, was it uh, the car. Uh, Oh, uh, brother, we're out now. A hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it was. Um, and you know, they, uh, he does a really great version a great retelling of this. And there'll be people that we're going to, that I definitely want to talk about and, um, that are going to get their own episode, hopefully get their own episode. If, if you'll indulge me, um, well, of course, you know, I mean, I, I'm even for, you know, let, taking a look back at like Chris Stapleton or taking up someone who's a bit more relevant right now. You know, I don't have any experience with him until you brought him up today. I mean, I'd heard him once or twice on the radio, but I never thought about him as an outlaw country person. 
yeah. Um, as somebody who, you know, like I said, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a great genre of music and it's something that's also uniquely American. Um, this is, this is the heart of, this is the heartland of America music. That's where I grew up. Now you sound like a Merle Haggard song. <laughs> I know, know, right? It's pretty crazy. It's pretty, it's but. pretty interesting. Um, I, I want to thank you for suggesting this because it definitely, you know, I had to go into it with, you know, kind of an open mind and all that. And, but it was, it was a fun, enjoyable journey. And I mean, my, my family is like, what are you listening to this entire time? Because <laughs> it's not at all anything that I would get to myself so this was a yeah. pretty cool experience and you know there's there's some standouts for here and you know I'll, I'll tell you it's like some of these i'm gonna keep with me like the blaze foley and i do love that dead flower song by towns van zandt that i didn't even know you know and, yeah. and the highwaymen and all that like i i those are going to be songs forever now for me so i, I want to thank you ted for that awesome i'm i'm glad that we were able to to walk down this road and uh, with that, um, I, I guess uh, we've come to the end of our playlist at uh, 46 songs. So be sure to check out our Spotify pl playlist for Generation Playlist. And, uh, and that's it for Outlaw Country. Well, I always sign off by saying rock on, but I don't know. Does that really fit here? T twang on? I don't know. <laughs> twang on? Slide on? On the know. road again. <laughs> on the road again. Alrighty. Generation Playlist is recorded by Justin and Ted. Please listen responsibly as we're not responsible for a sudden outburst of air guitar. But you can fight for your right to party. Greetings and Shabibans. We are the Retro Reductibus Cephala Podcast, a long-form bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. Yeah, that sounds good, but I don't know what all those words mean. I think what Parasite seems trying to say is that on Retro Reductibus, we explore a range of retro goodness, from toys, video games, and movies, to cartoons, and even snacks and school lunches. Oh. And we do it all with a positive spin, a slew of killer guests, and some <clears throat> very adult language. And you know what else is cool? No. This crazy show is part of the Dorking Podcast Network with new episodes every technical Tuesday. What's that? And if waiting two weeks for a new episode gives you a sad, know that we drop bonus episodes all the time, like the off-format Crow's Nest and an interview series we call The Brick. You can listen to Retro Redoctopus on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any app that's cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. Are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books? Then Epic Tales from the Sewers is a podcast for you. We cover the comic books, video games, movies, cartoons, and anything else turtle-related. We talk about the toys, we talk about the cereal, we talk about all the fun things about turtles that we love so much. So give a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, part of the Epic Airways Podcast Network. Give a listen, dudes. Cowabunga is this podcast for you.